Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we praise and we worship you. Hallelujah, Lord, you are a wonderful Savior. Hallelujah, Jesus. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Great to see everyone here. And um, we had a wonderful trip, and the Lord was very kind to us. And um, uh, we did, we go to a number of restaurants we really like, and so we go there every time we go back. And so we got all of our uh, important eating done, and uh, that was important. And then, and then we, uh, you won't believe this, but we actually got Sister Erickson and my sister Lori Foster on the largest zip line in the South 48 states. Yeah, I've got pictures to prove it. <laughs> And so one of these days, I'll share them with you. But um, it was, and Elaine's telling me that she would do it again. So I think that she had a, a pretty good time. It's actually three lengths, different lengths. And you get, go from one to the next to the next. You start at uh, 11,500 feet high, way up there. And you come all the way down to, I think the lodge is somewhere around where the 4,500. Um, but you drop quite a few feet. And uh, it, was, it was exciting. It's uh, no longer on my bucket list. <clears throat> Amen. We are so old, we had to sign waivers. <laughs> How's that make you feel? <laughs> my son, Joel, our youngest son, is um, 36, I believe, right now, if I'm thinking correctly. But when he was... 17, he had some gray hair in his, in his head of hair. He just always grayed prematurely, you know. And uh, so he told us the other night, he said, he said, Mom, you'll get a kick out of this. He said, we went out for uh, dinner after church here last Sunday, and he said we, we were there, and um, something about the order wasn't right, and so the guys asked me for the receipt back, and, I, and they went up to check on it. And come to find out, they gave him a senior discount. <laughs> so at 36, he's doing good. <clears throat> a benefit that's additional money for uh, retirement years. Praise the Lord. Well, I want to turn your attention tonight to Romans chapter 8, 31. And... Um, We'll read it in King James here first, and I'll, I'll read it to you in the Message Bible just to give you another take on it. Uh, Hebrews, excuse me, Romans uh, chapter 8, verse 31. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? The Message Bible says this, so what do you think? With God on our side like this, how can we lose? I thought that was a good take on that. Most of the translations are all very similar in this particular verse. Uh, but I want to consider these words with you tonight. Let me get to my... <clears throat> I want to talk to you tonight that, that God is on my side. God is on my side. This is not going to be any deep Bible study tonight, so you can just kind of 
sit back and relax and enjoy it. I just want to play word games with you for a while and uh, talk about a God who really cares about you and I tonight. Amen. Lord, I pray that you bless your word. Thank you so much for allowing us to come together, allowing us this church facility, allowing us, Lord, to have brothers and sisters of like precious faith. And Lord, truly, Lord, it is a precious faith that you have given to us tonight. I pray that you would, Lord, touch and speak and meet with each of us tonight. Lord, that we would be encouraged in the Lord and that you would help us. And we give you thanks and praise. For, Lord, we ask tonight for your will to be done. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Forgive me, I'm a little dry tonight. I'm prefacing our, this entire thought tonight on this thought. Everything in God awaits our awareness. God could have just filled you with the Holy Ghost, baptized you in the clouds as you went up, and killed you. You'd never sin again. And you'd be able to go into that perfect world we call heaven. And that would be it. But that isn't the way God operates. No, he wanted us to live life to its fullest. He didn't, he didn't allow us to be taken out, but he allowed us to stay, to inhabit. The message to, to uh, Adam and Eve was, uh, take the land, use it. Take advantage of it. Name the animals, but use the animals to your advantage. Everything in the garden I've given you so that you can live life to its fullest. But I dare say, thank you, I dare say tonight that nothing happens until you and I come to an awareness. How many times have scriptures been sitting on your coffee table over and over again, year after year? You believe the word. You love God's word. You stand upon his word. But it's not until we're in prayer one morning and God speaks to us about a circumstance that we're going through and all of a sudden the word of God jumps out at us and we perceive and we understand That's what this means. Excuse me, just one minute. The Bible tells us in another place, he wants to show himself strong on our behalf. We, we have to get a picture of the way God operates. His procedures have policies. There's some things required tonight for us to tap and open the opportunity in our life and spiritual things. It's going to be because we want them, not because we trip over them. Would you agree with that? And so, and I'm not talking about God making the world operate while we're not you know, we don't have any cognizance of that. I, I'm not talking about things that God does as a sovereign God. But I'm talking about in our lives. 
How does God want to reveal himself to you? How does God want to become greater in your life? How does he increase your faith? How do we grow in the grace and the knowledge in Jesus Christ? I dare say it's not because we accidentally run into it. It won't be because of our heredity. It won't be because of our lineage in church. I don't care if you're five or six generations. Thank God for that. And there are advantages to that without a doubt. But when it comes to God revealing himself, God is not a respecter of persons. He's wanting to show himself strong on your behalf. That's what we're looking for tonight. We're we're talking about ways that God wants us to come to an awakening, to an awareness that, wait a minute, my God's got this. Paul and Silas in prison, right? Chains about their neck, about their arms and their legs, in the inner prison, in the darkness all the grossness of a prison, all the conditions around them so deplorable, so negative, so hard. They could sit there and take on a pity party and say, poor us. But what was it that motivated them? Well, Paul, first off, knew that he was going all the way to Caesar because God had told him. Paul learned to stand upon God's word. Now we have the generic word of God tonight, but but what we're looking for is we're looking for God to speak to us as individuals in our prayer and our worship and, and the preaching of the word, touching our lives. And God wants to build building blocks in your life of faith where you can see the scriptures fulfilled in your life, not just on your coffee table. God is on my side. I'd like someone to realize that tonight. Not that you didn't already know it, but I'm hoping just to kind of compound it, just to try to underline it tonight. He wants to show himself to you. He wants to reveal himself to you in a way that allows you, your faith to move. He wants to reveal himself to you, not just in the beauty of nature around us. He wants to come inside of you. Amen. It's time for the church tonight. Folks who believe the faith, who have the faith, who are willing to exercise their faith, to take stock of what we believe and how it applies to my life in particular. Well, I could waste a lot of your time tonight talking about my college days. God did some incredible things for me. 2,000 miles away from my mom and dad. Youngest of eight, I was mama's boy. I won't deny it. That day, she helped drive me to Providence, Rhode Island, and got on the Greyhound bus the same day. I won't tell you that that wasn't a harrowing little wake-up call to me. But all of a sudden, Thank God, God had just filled me with the Holy Ghost three months prior to that. And I started to learn to call upon the name of the Lord for my needs, 
I'm not talking about being selfish tonight, me, me, me. It's not all about me. But you've got to realize, God, how is God going to reveal himself if he doesn't do it through you? If he doesn't make your way, your paths straight, if he doesn't bring down the mountains and rise up the valleys, if the gospel, amen, is going to be preached, it's going to be preached to a world that trusts and knows him. It's time for the church to realize tonight that we truly have promises promised to us. Now, I have a book of promises in my, in my library, and someday it's just a little paperback, but it's well mapped out, and it's very nice to read through and, and start considering all the promises of the Word of God. But I, I want to bring you around to the thinking of what God has promised you when he spoke to you in your spirit, when he, when he lays his arm upon yours in prayer when he whispers that sweet voice, when he assures you in the house of God, when he comforts you in those trying places. We have to find out tonight and recognize what's been promised to us, to ourselves individually, and find out tonight that God truly is for us. The almighty God, think of it, the one who made the heavens and the earth. We don't even know all that he's made yet because we don't know anything about heaven. Heavens in the firmament, the, the sky, the, the, the air, the, the, the clouds, the, the area, the birds. But even above that and above that, who knows? We are unable to know those things. But a God who said with his word, and, and it was good each day of the six days. The almighty God, the one who spoke this world into existence, our great God and Savior, Paul called him, who sets in motion the seasons for you. Who establishes seed time and harvest for you. I'm not a farmer, Brother Erickson. I'm, I'm not talking about Iowa and Ohio farmers right now. I'm talking about us sowing and reaping in spiritual things tonight. To be that blood-bought, spirit-filled church tonight, it's more than merely ascending that we are having a church service in Chelsea, Oklahoma tonight. But it's got to be this hunger, this pulsating heartbeat of the church tonight to want God to speak to us and to reveal himself to us. The Bible simply says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Somebody's got to come to the awareness tonight. It's time to give God more credit in your life. It's time to give God more emphasis in your testimony. It's time to give God more room for your trust. Amen. Listen, this church needs to be a threat to hell right here in Chelsea, Oklahoma. doesn't matter how many or how few are here. What matters tonight is what we know about our God. For they that know him. 
They shall do exceeding abundantly above all that we, he will do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or even think according to the power that worketh in us. Through prayer, not just a prayer life that we organize and ordain every day that we have a prayer life, but even more so that we just pray without ceasing, that we have this, that we have this mindset that whenever we need to, he's available. Whatever the situation, he's available. Whatever the circumstance, he's available. We don't have to wait till tomorrow morning when I get up, I, I feed the dog, and I take him outside, and I finally have my time of prayer with God. I don't have to wait till then. If God be for us, who can be against us? I'm trying to show you that, that he has taken great pains, care to provide every avenue. He's made every way, not only ways of escape, but he's made us ways of victors. And once I was a victim, once I felt sorry for myself, once I was overwhelmed with society and culture and, and all the things that, that I was not able to be. But today, I don't have that same bearing, that same thinking Today, I have a confidence that I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Through prayer, God, give us the will tonight to seek for the answers through you. Because knowing this, with God, nothing is impossible. Tonight, by having this constant awareness of the Lord in our life, of, of looking for him now, not just in the religious places where there are crosses, but God wants us to look for him in our in our day-to-day -day living. He wants to look for him with our boss and their response, and our co-workers, and, and our automobile, and, and our house, and our marriage, and, and our friends, and our neighbors, and, and, and at Walmart. God wants us to be a blessing because we know him, because we know that he's with us, because we know that he's got us in the apple, we're the apple of his eye. He's got us in the palm of his hand. We are safe tonight. That if I'm ever killed, if I'm ever taken out of the world, it won't be because God was caught off guard. It won't be because of a drunken driver that God did not allow. God, give us a fresh vision tonight. Not a vision for our world, how we're going to save the world. This world desperately needs your confidence in God. This world desperately needs your opinion. Yes for Jesus. No for the world. Yes for Jesus. No to Satan and its offspring. Yes to Jesus. Emphatic unconditional, permanent. God wants to place us tonight in the history books of time. Not that we have any certain lineage or that we are some great one in the United States of America. No, no, no. He just simply wants us to be linked with those who have gone before us and those who will follow after us and will sing the song of the Lamb.
of victory in their lives. And they will say, thank God for Brother Stevens. Thank God for Brother Kevin, Brother Chris, for Sister Renee, for Sister Dee Dee. They were interlinked tonight in faith. We're working for the kingdom of God. God, make us ever aware of the tragic condition that people are in. I don't want to say the world because the world is too too easy just to put it like a big glob in my mind. My neighbors, people I work with, people I know, they're going through their own hard places. God, let me offer them a hope. Let me bring to them because of the assurity my confidence in God. I'm not talking about personality types tonight. I don't care if you're the most backward person in this room. I want your testimony to be that you are sure with beyond a shell of a doubt what God has done for you and that God wants to do it for someone else. God, awaken us that we would perceive when I speak of the state of fallen man, I'm not talking about trying to identify with some image that people have put in our minds about hell. I am talking about tonight the dissatisfaction, the hurt, the rejection, the fear, the brokenness, the things that are happening in people's lives all around us because they don't have this confidence that we can have. I, I'm not here to show off my confidence in God. I'm not here to somehow present that I'm better than someone else on the contrary. I hope that I'm one that can say, truly, I thank God I have been saved from what I deserve. Consider his careful moves tonight in your life to bring you to where you are today. And then expand your vision, your vision, your, your horizon to see what he will continue to do to bring about something great in your life. Because he's not only the author, but he also is the finisher of your faith. He didn't start this to leave you by the wayside. He didn't teach me to swim to let me drown. How does that song go? He didn't bring us this far to leave us. Whatever does not stand for truth tonight in and around your life is merely a pawn of the enemy. But God wants us to be that the opposite poles that just attract and bring and bring all that is around because I have a message. I'm nobody. I certainly will pray for the sick. I'll lay hands on the sick. I'll do everything I can to give God the opportunity that if he, if he wants to, he can do it instantaneous. He can do it through a process. Whatever, whatever God chooses is great with me. But let me be one that's willing to pray. Let me be willing one today, not to say it's not really just for the ministry in our church. No, please don't think that way. You are a ministry in this church. 
Wickedness is all around us. But we don't measure God's effectiveness by wickedness. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord knows how to raise up a standard against them. Standard, not a, not a troop, not an army, a principle. A truth that will combat all that is evil that the world is trying to throw at you. And it will give you a thought, a heartbeat, a perception, an understanding. I don't mean to bore you. I'm, let me bring this to a close. Let the church become angry with the works of the enemy. To see through your friends, neighbors, friends, loved ones. You can see where the enemy is working. You can see the, their, their respect and their, and their confidence gone, their hurts, their bruising, all those things. Today, he not only called us to be aware of the bruise, but he called us to pray that God could heal the bruise. And so, Lord, let me be fighting mad tonight. Not, not some red face, veins in my neck, ready to punch someone's lights out. I'm talking about mad in that I am awakened. My sense of sensitivity is awakened to that, that we are truly in a spiritual battlefield. And it isn't all about me. It's all about where God placed me with my confidence and my testimony to impact the world. Would you stand with me tonight? If the church doesn't arise, who will? What program in Washington, D.C. tonight will answer these needs in people's lives? They only know how to be divisive. They only know how to divide, how to bring about their power, leaving all those in the wake or simply pawns. But tonight, the gospel wants to make your neighbor one-on-one -on -one with Jesus. He wants to take their needs, whatever they are. We're not called to judge their needs. We're called to let them know that there's an answer to their needs. There's a God tonight that not only forgives, there's a God who brings us into the kingdom. He empowers them. He gives them what they need to be able to be successful. And friend, tonight, God, I believe, awaits your life to trust him, to call upon him, to put your confidence in him. Read the word. We don't receive from God without the word and without prayer. Make room in your life for those things. It doesn't have to be any certain length of time. If all you can give God is five minutes, in the morning, start there. You may have something happen where you see something answered, and you may want to start praying about a few more things. And your awareness will increase your prayer time. And your increased prayer time will enable God to work in more areas of your life with his promises. Which brings us back to my very first comment. Everything awaits your awareness.
Lord, I pray that you bless tonight. Lord, that somehow we could reason and see that you truly are speaking to us tonight. You're wanting to do something here that, that I, I don't know what you're doing in any other church tonight, but I know what you're doing in Chelsea. And I, I am confident tonight, Lord, that you have a purpose and you're speaking to hearts tonight. And God, that this is the roadmap to victory in this city. And this is the way that we're going to reach our world. It won't be our impressive programs. It will be our impressive people. Not that they have so much money, but because they have such a confidence in their God. But the people that do know their God shall do exploits. Amen. Amen. Lord, bless tonight, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Consider this song right now. Lift up your hearts to the Lord for just a moment before we leave. Bless you. Have a wonderful week. Looking forward to Sunday.